Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. Theatre news. Theatre reviews. And theatre booze. Welcome to another episode of Theatre Club Podcast. And as we say in our intro, theatre-themed booze. But for the last few episodes, we've not... It's been dry. We've not done any cocktails. So we're just going to start with our cocktail. <laughs> this is called The Devil. Which is why it's red. So we're going to review two shows in this episode. We're doing Sylvia, starring Beverly Knight, at the Old Vic, which has just opened, new musical about suffragettes. And then we're going to do Women, Beware the Devil, which is a new play at the Almeida Theatre that's just opened. And it's all about witches and the devil. And so I've made this cocktail, The Devil, which basically... What's in it? I just wanted to make something red, because you know that really cool scene in the play? We'll talk about the play later, but... It's about witches and the devil, where they had the red uh, oh, pentacle, you know, the... That the, neon sign at the back. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, and also just like blood, the devil, it was quite gothic and horror inflected. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make a red drink. So this is using raspberry liqueur, mm-hmm. vodka, and then a little bit of grenadine, which is always good for just adding that red... Colour, yeah. The red colour. Um, and so this is kind that of... It? Yeah, it's basically Boozy. like a oh, and lemon juice. So it's oh. like a it's very similar to a raspberry martini, and I've just added the grenadine for that extra redness. But it's basically a raspberry, so tastes sweet, but looks like the devil. So finally, another cocktail. This is the devil in honor of women beware the devil. Well, it's lovely. Thank you very much. Delicious. Mm, finally, a cocktail back in our lives. So I wanted to talk to you about something that I've been seeing on Instagram, which is trending, and that's the Ariana DeBose um, "I Did a Thing" meme. Yes, 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 yes. I have seen this too. And I just need some context. Like, what's this about? This is her opening performance at the BAFTAs? Yes, at the BAFTAs. And she did a rap, and now people are saying, like, who let her do this? It was really bad. Yeah, they, she did, like, a, a rap. You know, like, they, I've seen that on so many award shows. I guess it's very, like, it felt very Tony Awards, mm. which she also hosted last year. And she did a rap about all the Best Actress nominees. And I think I saw the clip, and she, she sounds quite out of breath. And I don't think the sound quality is great. The production isn't great. So everyone's kind of been taking the mick out of her because it's kind of... And the lyrics were a bit stupid. It was like, Angela Bassett did the thing. You know, Kate Blanchett, oh, you're a what, queen. And that's like, what I keep on saying. I did the thing. I think that lyric, especially, Angela Bassett did the thing. Everyone's like, what's the thing? Um, so everyone's kind of taking the mick. But I mean, I think part of what makes it so cringe is the audience are so dry. Yeah. Like, if that had been in America... People would have Tony's, been like giving everyone, it more energy. Because when they were cutting to all the actors she were talking about, they were sort of smiling or like, uh, it just wasn't well produced enough. I feel like in American award shows as well, they're told what's going to happen mm. at the beginning. They know that they're going to be ready for a reaction when it cuts to them, whereas I don't think they were told. So they're all just sort of like, oh, she said my name now. Yeah, I just felt a bit sorry for her because it just came across like it didn't really work. But I think apparently she's like closed her Instagram or Twitter oh. because of like backlash because people are... Oh, no. I know. And I think, God, it was only a stupid bit. And yeah, it was a tiny bit rubbish, but all these award show things are. And I think the, the sort of dryness of the audience didn't really help. But anyway... Yeah, so that was Ariana, Ariana DeBose of it all. But I think she's great. So she's so I... in London because she's doing a concert at the Palladium. Oh, uh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. she'll have a chance to show people what she can do. Mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah, I think it's mean. I, I mean, I think most people are making fun of it in good fun. But if people have been like giving her abuse online, not nice. Poor Ariana. I know, people need to calm down. Okay, let me give you my top tip of the week. A new play at the National Theatre by James Graham, and it's called Dear England. 
It's with the director Rupert Gould, and it follows Gareth Southgate. Oh yeah, football manager. Football manager, and how he transformed the England men's football team. Interesting. And Rupert Gould directed the second show we're going to review um, today, which is Women Beware of the Devil at the Almeida. He's the artistic director there, so he's going over to the National to direct this. Interesting. Yes, and he's worked with Rupert. Um, he's worked with. James Graham before on Ink. Yes. And another was production. Quiz, um, no, Quiz was a Chichester Festival Theatre production, wasn't it? But yeah, we really like James Graham's writing. It's very, like, zippy and kind of It'll be interesting, won't it? And the other, per- the other person that I saw on the creative team is the set designs by Ez Devlin. Do a, do she does a lot of um, really cool uh, set designs for um, theatre, opera, fashion. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. that's so, cool. And who is playing... Um, I think I saw a picture of this. On Ray Inst- Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, because Joseph Fiennes, actually, I can imagine him looking a little bit like Gareth Southgate. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, I'm just thinking of him in um, Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I, I didn't like watch that. Got, no, that was depressing, but yeah. So, that's interesting. I mean, we're not even we're not like football fans, but that James Graham can fans. take exactly. a subject and kind of make it quite interesting and, yeah. And that'll be, plus it'll all be, because I know nothing about football, it'll all be news to me. Most people will be like, you know, know what's going to happen at the 1996 World Cup. And I'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> so it'll all be like a brand new exciting story for us. <laughs> yeah, all I know all I know about uh, Gareth Southgate is he loves a waistcoat. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of waistcoats in this. Maybe they'll do like a, a montage scene of him picking waistcoats <laughs> in a musical form. That'd be fun. I don't think it's a musical, it's a play. No, it's a play, I was just kidding. The tickets go on sale on the 9th of March on the National Theatre website, so set your alarms, it will be a hot ticket. Okay, so should we do our first review? Yes. Let's talk about, finally, Sylvia at the Old Vic, starring Beverly Knight. This was a production that had its first run in 2018, and they've now they're now referring to that as a as a work in progress because it just wasn't ready and they mm-hmm. never got to quite fully stage it so now it's back fully staged Beverly Knight's still in it this is the story of Sil well Sylvia Pankhurst who is the daughter of the more famous Emmeline Pankhurst the suffragette um so Emmeline's the one that people have heard of there's a statue of her outside the house of parliament she led the women's suffrage movement and fought for women's rights and for women to get the vote and her daughter Sylvia this is her story, basically. She's lesser known and she was less militant than Emmeline Pankhurst. So everyone knows the suffragettes, you know, planted bombs in post boxes and one of them jumped out in front of a horse and died, you know, in protest. But Sylvia Pankhurst was more about um, working with the Labour Party and in a more socialist movement for workers' rights and kind of all people's rights in a way to get women's rights. So it's about that, the friction between mother and daughter, isn't it, is the main thrust That's of this That's a very, story. very good summary. Well done. And Beverly Knight plays Emmeline Pankhurst, the mother, and uh, Sharon Rose plays Sylvia Pankhurst, the daughter. And this is directed by Kate Prince, who is part of Zoo Nation, Zoo Nation which is a hip-hop dance company. And this is a musical, and it's Pretty much sung through, isn't it? Very And look, this is going to have major comparisons to Hamilton because it's taking a historical event, setting it to a hip-hop sung-through score. And uh, music is Josh Cohen and DJ Wald. And yeah, so it's 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 going to have those Hamilton comparisons for sure. Yes. Um, because of that 
because of the hip hop. Even when they're speaking, some bits they're rapping. Yeah, it's kind of, and it is. It, am I right? It's basically all. It was all sort of rapped and sung. They didn't really have any no, dialogue. It no. was all. And when it was dialogue, it was kind of set to music. Yes. So it was all the way through, and. Um, where should we start? So let's start I mean, with Bev. Let's, let's talk about Bev. Let's start with Bev. So Beverly sounded great. She always does. She sounded fantastic, and she gives so much to her performances. She's not just a voice. She's no. not just there being like, "Here I am singing, like belting my heart out." She actually does act really well. Like she's an yeah. all, a really good all rounder. I always enjoy watching her because I can see she's really committed yeah and you've got to she's got to have presence in this because she's playing the matriarch of this family and she did have presence however i don't feel like she was given a like, i don't think any of her songs were like good enough really they weren't like stand to out show off her vocal no well let's talk about the music because it is fully sung through and i would say that this is very plot heavy as a show so the music is really there to do a lot of explaining as to what's happening. And I think that that's the major flaw, I'll say, from I think we all felt that. We saw saw this with um, a couple of friends, and I feel like we all kind of felt that after the, especially in the interval when we were talking, that it was very narrative. It was trying to get us through a lot of storyline. So there weren't really songs to, to do a Hamilton comparison, which is not really fair because Hamilton's amazing, obviously. Yeah. So nothing's going to live up. But in terms of how Hamilton sets up the story at the beginning and then how each song builds and shows the characters, their motivations and emotions, this didn't really do that. This was a lot of, this is happening now in history. This is happening now in history. There, there weren't, when she, you know, when sort of love interests come into it, they didn't really get a song to show that. It was more like story, story, story. Mm. And the first act felt very long. We, I honestly was looking at you thinking, is this, were we wrong? Is there no interval? Hmm. Are we going it was straight only an hour through? and ten minutes. It felt long. And it's all a little samey, the music. Um, I think, let's talk about um, Winston Churchill's mother, Lady Churchill, who was played by Jade Hackett, has a few really funny scene-stealing songs where, so she's playing Winston Churchill's mother, then when she kind of really gets into her song, it goes into a sort of um, almost like drum and bass <laughs> heavy sort of song. Yeah. And I just thought that was really funny. And I wanted more of that. She actually got a lot of laughs from the audience. Didn't Huge she? laughs. Because she's suddenly doing a, like a Caribbean accent as what Winston yeah. Churchill's mother doing this like. And I think that what made it funny was the specificity of that, of the Winston Hear Me Now, like the Caribbean accent that she brought to that and the music that was more specific than just rap or hip-hop some of the other songs didn't feel specific this had a specific oh i can kind of hear that that's got a drum and bass uh, maybe a bit of grime it had like specificity and i felt like hamilton to compare again does that really well it mm. gives you um some 90s hip-hop it gives you some kind of R&B ballads it really mixes up the musical styles and some musical theatre and this I'm like give me a I don't know because this is UK drill down into that and give us the UK version of Hamilton so give us like a garage a garage love ballad yeah. like or something so you think oh that's cool that's fun like what makes British hip-hop specific and it just didn't it all was a bit too general funk and soul it felt to bland. me like and I know Zoo Nation does do stories for like young young adults mm-hmm. that's what this felt like it felt like we were i was watching a school performance that they've made for schools to teach them about history it didn't yeah. feel cool 
Hamilton felt cool. Well, it has like it had characters, and like you said, with Beverly not really getting anything to sink her teeth into. What was her character? She was a militant feminist, and what was Sylvia's character? She was a socialist, and that's all we got. Yeah, we didn't really get any reason why. So when they have their big song together, remember the one where Beverly did actually get to sing, and I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was. Called I don't I even hope. remember the songs to be honest. Well, that one was the one that I thought that's kind of a song. They're kind of having a back and forth about where they've got to in their relationship. But I needed like context as to how they got their view, their points of view. Yes. I just think they had so much history. That's what I mean by saying it was for schools. I felt like they were trying to do a Cliff's Notes condensed version of the suffragette movement and let's get it all in. And they didn't really think, let's just make something that people are touched by. Mm -hmm. And I mean... They actually, there was a moment where they, the women in the, in the second half was better mm-hmm. and they did something quite effective where all the women stood in a line and they, they were sort of standing up to the no, police. That was the end of the first half. Was that the end of the yeah. first half? I think, that was, I think that's how we went into the interval. They were all like getting knocked down by the police and then oh, that went to interval. Yeah. I thought that was really effective. Yeah, some and, of the staging was good. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was a moment where I thought, oh, this is kind of, this is going a bit deeper now and it's a bit more like thought through whereas the rest of it i just thought they were just racing through it a bit yeah there wasn't any depth to that yeah i don't think we loved it but um one more positive thing that i will say is i really liked the costuming and set oh it that's was funny a, it... i really hated the costuming oh did you the black and white yeah monochrome oh, i thought that no. was quite fun no no this is why the choreography didn't work in hamilton the core i know we shouldn't keep on comparing but yeah. we can't help it in hamilton they are wearing really cool almost couture Mugler-esque body suits yes um, with the waistcoat yeah. yeah and it works really well with the choreography okay it's like the yeah. choreographer and the costume designer hadn't spoken the, the choreographer had probably gone yeah i need like movement and she's gone cool well they'll be in long long skirts and billowy mm. shirts and you're like yeah but they're doing hip-hop that's true so this costume doesn't work because it doesn't make it look cool no one wants to see beverly or yeah. anyone really in a long a big, thick, big, thick crinolines. Yeah. It didn't lend itself to the choreography okay, at all. And yeah. I was like, that's why I'm not loving the choreography because the costumes aren't matching it. You're right. I just like the concept of the black and white because, you know, they were seeing things in black and white and there was more grey in between. And then towards the end, the red colour came in more. So conceptually, I enjoyed it. But you're right in terms of the practicality of the choreography. And then when we got the... This happens... We've seen this in other musicals. We get to the curtain calls... They kind of break the narratives over, so they're now having fun. The band, the live band, who were really great, start playing. They all come out to do their curtain calls, and each member of the ensemble, who I'm assuming some of them are maybe from Zoo Nation, come out and start doing flips and tricks. You're and like, like, where were these during the show? Where was this? This is like fun. The, these like dancers are really good. Yeah. They're like actually doing some like break dancing. Some, and I just thought, oh wait, why are we saving this till now? And they also did a ensemble number in the curtain call together where they were all sort of dancing and like throwing their hands up, had almost like a gospel revival sort of real energy to it. And again, I'm like, why have we not had any big ensemble dance numbers? They're too busy trying to get to story, story, story. I don't want that. Let's just have a moment where the suffragettes do, you know, this is Zoo Nation, this is Kate Prince. It's weird that all that choreography got saved right till the end. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we were disappointed, weren't we? We were disappointed. I didn't think about it much afterwards. And it was lovely to see Beverly, though. I really do enjoy watching her. But yeah, disappointed. Uh, Do not recommend seeing Sylvia. 
No, I think I think it's an. I it's, think a skip. it's a no. Skip that one. Yeah, it's but a if shame. somebody would does want to go see it just to see Beverly or anything, when's it on? It runs until the eighth of April this year at the Old Vic Theatre, and yeah, it's it's disappointing because the um, the cast are really fantastic. I think everyone in it, when they got their moments, were fantastic actually. So I think it's a it's a waste of some real talent. Okay, so what else have we got to talk about? Our second show that we're reviewing is... Women, Beware the Devil. At the Almeida Theatre. Which is at the Almeida Theatre. It's directed, as we said earlier, by Rupert Gould, who's the artistic director there. And it's written by Lulu Rakska. I think I've said that correctly. And we booked this in the season when we booked Streetcar. We just thought, let's let's book everything. We booked Tammy Faye, we booked Streetcar. And this was only £20, I think, we paid for our tickets. We went to the back of the circle, so we thought, let's try it. So we knew nothing about it. I hadn't heard of Lulu as a writer. Obviously, we know Rupert Gould. And it just sounded interesting. It's um, the sort of short thing on the website just says, 1640, a war is brewing, rumours are flying, a household in crisis, and the devil's having some fun. So this is set just before the Civil War in England. Um, and it's around the time, obviously, that people were scared of witches and the witch hunts were going on and witch trials. And this is about... Um, a household um, in which there's a so, uh, there's a brother and sister, and the sister is desperate for her brother to have a bit have a baby, an uh, have an heir, the, yeah. an heir to this house. Um, and so she's found him a wife, but the wife's not sort of high born, and he doesn't really like her. He thinks that they they their family bloodline should have you know more of a noble woman, and she's not that. And so is it Lady Catherine is yes. the sister. She. Um, takes in a sort of stable girl called Agnes because Agnes has been accused of being a witch by some of the other servants. And so she thinks, well, if she is a witch, maybe could she use her witchy powers to create a, you know, to help me get what I want. So that's the basic premise. And then kind of all the hysteria and suspicions and witchcraft and it opens with uh, we will say the very opening is we're addressed as an audience by the devil so this isn't a show where it's like is witchcraft real we're in a a world like where we know that devils do exist yeah the devil comes to and says to the audience you know and makes an analogy about how today's modern world when it's in crisis we blame other things whereas back in the day everyone used to blame me the devil Mm -hmm. so that's kind of an interesting spin right at the start to put on it that Everyone just blamed the devil, and maybe you know that was the case. So, this production, I really like the staging. So, the set was quite very dark black. Mm-hmm. It's in, we're inside the the big grand house, and it's got a black and white checkered floorboard, black painted wooden shutters, shutters, and so very gothic feeling. I liked it. It's very. It sort of kind of reminded me of Alice in Wonderland as well, like that optical illusion of the... yes, a forced perspective. Yeah, it sort of gets thinner at the back. Yeah, that was clever. And yeah, this is kind of a a slightly a darkly comedic play, shall we say? It's got comedy, and I watched a little video of in rehearsals, and one of the actors said that it's they described it as the favorite. You know, the film with Olivia Coleman. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, so they called it The Favourite Meets Rosemary's Baby. So Rosemary's Baby is a horror film, and The Favourite was a period film that was quite edgy and um, anachronistic. So it has, like, modern turn of phrase, or what we would consider to be more modern colloquial expressions and a dark sense of humour and a modern, perhaps, sense of humour. And this sort of had that... 
often we're used to seeing period dramas and everyone's very prim and proper whereas in this they're using quite foul language to each other yes and being it's quite gritty yes and so it had that kind of dark comedy some of the you know the way women are treated back then is dealt with in a way that's both disturbing but also darkly funny mm-hmm. let's talk about the um central performance from the um lady elizabeth no from agnes well so lady elizabeth was played by lydia leonard agnes who is the stable girl slash witch is played by alison oliver alison oliver i thought she was excellent yes i mean I think she's going to be a star. I'm ready to see her do monologue after monologue. I mean, she's just a natural, like, just the way her hands moved when she was talking. And I just think she's got real quality about her. I really like her. She's got a lovely Irish weight lilt to her voice, doesn't she? Yes, she did have. And because her character, she says at the beginning, I'm not a witch, but people have always said I am. But then maybe she is actually a witch. She has to convey a lot. So she has to convey her innocence and how she wants to be a good person but maybe she has these dark thoughts and dark powers and I thought she did that really well I did I thought she was excellent I loved her I didn't think she kind of even in the bits when she was like extreme you know she she even in those bits I didn't feel like she was screaming or she was wasn't overacting whereas I feel like other people in this production specifically the the um lady elizabeth's brother lady elizabeth's brother um he was very shouty like his, yeah. he came in at 10 and i'm like where are you gonna go from here yeah i mean he was supposed to be i guess a caricature of an, a very unlikable man but but like need a few more levels perhaps maybe too broadly you know comedic. like on rupaul's drag race when they do the acting challenges and there's always that one person that just goes crazy because they just they're like i'm Full just gonna pout. throw everything at this and i was like this person's doing that but he, this is a professional actor so I would have expected, pelt. yeah, something a bit more, you know, nuanced. You don't have to shout just to get your point across that yeah. you're a big, a larger than life character. He could have done it in a few different ways. I felt that maybe some of those moments that he had where he was being quite nasty to um, his new wife and Agnes as well um, could have maybe been a bit, a bit funnier and a bit nastier all at all at once you know julia davis who wrote nighty night and that tv show hunderby and she does joan and jerrica the podcast that's it was giving me hunderby vibes because that was um julia davis's tv show that was like a take on rebecca by daphne du maurier so it had that period but with a horrible dark twisted sadistic comedy to it and i felt like it could have just gone a step further to get to that area or even to get to where the favorite or do you watch the great the tv show no should I? same writer as the favorite um yeah i really like it with nicholas holt and l fanning and again it's that similar thing of is it looking, sexy yeah it's got sexiness to it it's looking back at history and looking at actually god it must have been quite awful and like you know cutthroat horrific sexual like not sometimes we look back with rose tinted glasses mm. maybe at all the regency period or whatever periods and people in their lovely dresses and manners whereas yeah. actually it was quite a cutthroat world and in this it's set against the civil war happening what i really liked was that it didn't go too far into this is an allegory of modern life today or oh you know the civil war was really a metaphor this is a metaphor like it didn't 
towards the end we got some of those themes and ideas but i did like that it played it more as a straight play like this is a story and you can draw from it what you want i like that they didn't go too full tilt at the end into aha see we're linking it to modern society or it was all an allegory for this you know i liked that that it kept it like a just a fun horror play yeah kind of thing yeah and i actually enjoyed it yeah i I, I did enjoy it as well i didn't I don't know why I didn't love it. Like I, I always think it's some stuff I think about afterwards, and I'm I I would go back and see instantly. Like I don't know why I was still sort of thinking about Blood Moon mm. and how I would have seen no, that Blood Wedding. Was Blood it Wedding, called, sorry, the Young Vic. Um, I guess because that had Irish, you know, main characters in it, and I would have seen that the next day. Yes. Whereas no, this isn't I don't that. know if I need to see this again. Oh no, definitely not. No. I think it's just a good play. I'm yes. glad we kind of booked it on a whim. Yes, and. Just didn't, it didn't have the edge. And that's um, why it's so nice that we book these cheap seats. Because yeah, so, you haven't spent 50 quid on a Tuesday night and been like, oof, mm-hmm. would have rather watched a film at home. I was like, oh, that was interesting. Yeah, £20. Yeah. We sat, I will say that because it's got that forced perspective stage with the, the sides of the building channeling in, I wonder what the side balcony seats, they might have been a bit restricted when the characters went into the window and sat in the window seats you might have been a bit restricted. So we usually sit on the side of the circle for £20. I think I'm quite glad that we were at the back of the circle centrally for this. And I think that's what I'd recommend somebody do. Go for the upper circle, or the only circle they've got there. Go to the back for £20 or find a seat in the stools. For They range from like 10 and £20 in the stools. I think you'd be better off. I think you might be a bit obstructed from the side. Um, and top price tickets are only £48 if you do just want a banging seat. 48 quid at the Almeida is brilliant and there are tickets left. Um, so Women Beware the Devil is running until the 25th of March at the Almeida Theatre, which is in Islington. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's good. It's a good fun play. Um, it's got humour. It's dark. I love witch kind of stuff. I do too. Um, and some really good performances. And yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Alison Oliver is one to watch. I do, definitely. So that was Women Beware the Devil. Wow, what have we got coming up? Well, there were just two shows for this episode, but in our next episode, I think we're going to have four shows to discuss. It's going to be quite jam-packed because I'm going to see Oklahoma again, which we saw at the Young Vic. So oh, that won't be a big to the West End. Yeah, it won't be a big review, but I, we can talk about what's changed, how it's different in its new West End home. Then we're going to see Cabaret finally at the Kit Kat Club I'm in gonna London. Get, I'm going to get dressed up for that. I'm really looking forward. Really to looking it. forward to that. Then we've got brand new production of musical classic Guys and Dolls, which is just about to open at the Bridge Theatre. Yes. Probably will be open by the time I release this episode. So the new Guys and Dolls at the Bridge Theatre, super exciting. And then we're going to see... Wikipedia. Um, which is by... Is it a Scottish Northern, Ballet. Scottish Ballet. At, at Sadler's, Sadler's Wells. Wells. Yeah. So which for, is sold out, by the way. Has it? Completely sold out. It's I went three on to days, look at how much, um, oh, what time the performance was on Sunday. And it said sold out. And I oh, thought, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to have four brilliant shows to talk about in the next episode. I know, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. So thanks again for listening to this episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.